your news program every morning with up-to-the-minute news and extensive analysis of issues from Korea and abroad. This morning with Alex Jensen on TBS EFM. Now it's 7.40. The big Sunung or college entrance exam day is over now for this year. So if anyone just happened not to be feeling all that well, uh, it, it's a whole 12 months to go until the next opportunity. It's so brutal, isn't it? And these are our vulnerable youth that we're imposing this on. Anyway, that's a separate debate. Let's talk about the English portion of the test and whether that itself was fair. Ali Abbott, Cambridge University student who's gained some fame here in Korea for her perfect Korean linguistic skills, is on the line. Good morning to you from Seoul. Hi. Hi. Good morning. Um, good afternoon from England. Thank you so much for joining us. And well done, it's by the way, on your Korean. You've, <laughs> Thank you very much. You've inspired my own studies along the way, although <laughs> you, you, your, your, your grasp is incredible. But again, that's another topic. Um, let's get on to English itself, something both of us grew up yeah. with, presumably. And, and <laughs> honestly, when someone said to me, oh, do you want to have a look at this year's Sunung questions? I thought this is going to be a breeze. But I sat there for a good yeah. few minutes taking a look at, well, we picked tw questions 22, 31... 32 and 37 and okay I got the right answers but I wasn't even sure that I'd got the right answers so that gives a sense of uh, how challenging yep. this is and for students in the UK let alone students here for whom English is their second language that is just not on I don't think what's your feeling of the Sunung this year um I feel that um some of the questions were um a lot nicer than some of the questions that I've seen before but even then as you say I was not sure whether the question that my answer was right or not it was sort of like a guess in the end because all of the answers to me seemed to fit um and so out of the four questions that um I selected um I only got two of them right because um I find it really challenging to actually locate the the correct answer and be sure about the correct answer. Yeah, well, there we go. If a Cambridge University student <laughs> is struggling with this, what are we doing to our teenagers in this country? And and you you said, I mean, you looked at this in the past. One of your videos looking at the, a Parsonung yeah. paper went viral a few months ago. Was this easier than that? Or, or was it these particular questions mm -hmm. that threw you? Um, I found that... Um, some of these questions were a lot easier to approach. Um, the vocabulary that they used was a lot more user-friendly, I found, than the last one that I did. But then again, that was only for a few of the questions. Some of the questions completely threw me off, and I didn't even know um, what some of the words were. I think, for example, in um, 22, um, there were two words that I'd never heard before, um, which completely uh, threw me off. Well, here are the first um, two sentences of question 22. Twin sirens hide in the sea of history, tempting those seeking to understand and appreciate the past onto the reefs of misunderstanding and misinterpretation. These twin dangers are temporocentrism and ethnocentrism. Now, it goes on to explain what those things are, but it, it required about three reads of this paragraph from me before I was yes. able to, with probably 75% certainty, say that... Uh, that that this was talking about beliefs that cause 
biased interpretations of the past, but we also had distinct differences in the yeah. ways of recording history as an option, historians' efforts to advocate their own culture. There were, there were several ambiguous answers there, which is what you were hinting yeah. at before. Yes, definitely. Uh, even the first sentence um, was so vague and ambiguous, as you said, and um, I got this question wrong, actually, because um, I didn't quite... It was just so vague that I didn't quite understand what I needed to put in the answer to, because to me, two or three of the answers could have been perfectly fine for this question. Yeah. Uh, we've got another example here are the first two sentences of question 32. This is one of those where you have to fill in the blank, and the pit that I'm reading now is not actually part of that, but nevertheless, it's the backdrop. Some distinctions between good and bad are hardwired into our biology. Infants enter the world ready to respond to pain as bad and to sweet up to a point as good. Now, it kind of makes sense, but grammatically, that doesn't seem right to me to say and to sweet as good. To pain is bad and to sweet yeah, is good. Pain and sweet aren't really uh, direct opposites either. So it, it's a bit of a strange yeah. word to use, sweet, in that context. Yeah, it's quite like an uncomfortably, like, it, I mean, it's grammatical, but it's semantically, it doesn't quite, quite fit <laughs> with, with good English, I think, which is really hard to, to um, impose on students that are using this as their second language or doing this as their second language. Yeah. What would you feel if you were taking an exam? You've gone through one of the most stringent university entrance processes mm. in the world to get into Cambridge University. What would you have done if you'd been taking your, I don't know what it was for you, A-levels, IB? What, what did you go through? Yeah. It was, I went through A-level exam. Okay. Yeah, likewise. So I did my A-levels. If I had a test like this in my A-levels, would you not want to complain? Definitely. I mean, it's, I can barely understand it, so I don't... I feel that they must be going through so much pressure and the complexity of these questions, um, it's something that you can't just read through quickly. You need to concentrate and you're going to be stressed and I probably just want to end up bursting into tears in the exam, even if English was my first language. So, um, I mean, I, I did um, Spanish A-level, uh, which was difficult, but there was no nowhere near as difficult as this, or nowhere near as ambiguous or mm. so hard to interpret. No, well, likewise, I did French A-level, and all of the um, you know, listening and reading portions were, were from real-life French situations. Yes. And then the only time it got a little bit uh, out there was... Um, not in the exam context at all, but uh, during the course materials, for example, studying Voltaire and yes. Zola and things like that. But nonetheless, these were great pieces of literature and and you can get behind that yeah. rather than these random paragraphs that don't really make sense. If we were trying to fix this yeah. now, would, would we want yeah. to try and make this all a bit more real then? Is that a way of summing it up? I think definitely because... These, um, a lot of these paragraphs just look like um, articles that they've found in some scientific journal but then cut out a lot of the important points and mashed it together so that it doesn't, it doesn't make a coherent paragraph. Um, and so, uh, and it, I think, therefore, it doesn't represent conversational English in the slightest and, therefore, it doesn't represent real English, what we use every day. I mean, even at university, we don't talk like this. <laughs> um, and so I don't think that... Uh, um, it's representative of real life at all and I think um, the only way of learning a language um, properly is to represent it through real life situations so we need to test it I think through um, 
those standards rather than these <laughs> these games. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally agree because one of my concerns, yeah. and I've got kids in the local education system here, by the way, one of my concerns is that yeah. they could learn you know, really good English from me at home, uh, as in conversational English, mm. and, and be perfectly fluent, but they could sit there sunung and end up doing pretty badly. And, and that just would not be exactly. a reflection of their English ability at all. That, that's got to be wrong, doesn't exactly. it? Exactly. It's completely wrong. It's completely wrong because they work so hard on um, preparing themselves. And if they can speak good English, but they can't show it through this test, then it's unfair because they, it, it's rather than learning to speak English, they're learning how to work the system of the exam. And therefore, it's... It's just, it's completely unfair to those who can speak English fluently. Yeah, well, the universities and employers out there, if you want people with great English ability working for you or studying with you, don't necessarily pay attention to Sunung results. I suppose that's our conclusion for now. Yeah. Ali Abbott, thank you very that's much. definitely the take-home message. <laughs> thank thank you, you so much. And Bessel, I hope you come out here sometime and visit us. You, you should, really, with your yeah. Korean ability. <laughs> Ali Abbott. <laughs> I'll be there in December. Thank you very much. Good luck with everything. Ali Abbott from Cambridge University and famous online for a whole series of videos in which she shows off her Korean abilities. If you want to check that out, you can email us your thoughts, efmthismorning at gmail.com.